Welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is May 5th, and this is episode 166 of the Pineapple Couch. Excited to talk a little about the Moon Knight finale today, as well as preview Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which releases today. So you'll probably get a chance to go check that out this weekend. Uh, If you like what you're listening to, uh, give us a five-star review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Spread the good word, people. Um, all right, Peter, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. It's an exciting content moment on the pineapple couch. So, yeah, this is the moment where um, shit is just gonna hit the fan in terms of nerd stuff for the next, I don't know, month and a half. We'll see. It's gonna be a good time. Excited to break it down all on the pod. Um, initial reaction, Peter, to the Moon Knight finale. Before we go through it. I very I was very satisfied. I wasn't not satisfied. I enjoyed it. I think it more or less stuck the landing, and I think I would I rank it pretty high up on my MCU shows. I would too. Um, I thought it was a a, a good finale. Um, there are a few things that I didn't like about it, and I kind of like about the show in general. But overall, really liked the show. Um, thought the finale delivered in. A lot of ways, I will say that. Or thank start God, with the cons first. Well, no, I'm just yeah, maybe I don't know. Thank God there was a post credit scene because before that post credit scene, I was like, wait, what? That's how you're ending it? And obviously, um, the post credit scene. Spoiler alert! If you're listening, we get a lot of resolution and teases at the future. Um, I kind of want to go at this moment by moment, Peter, and we'll talk about the various aspects of it, uh, switch it up for this one, um, because we open in the aftermath of Harrow's shooting mark, and they take Amit's statue from uh, his dead body, and they leave him. Layla chokes out one of them and is allowed to, she says goodbye to Mark, and then she kind of just lets him float into the water, he falls in, it's kind of a weird moment, um, but... She kind of like then blends in with Harrow's crew from there. Uh, what did you think about this opening scene, Peter? It was a little jarring just because I was like, wait, where are we? Like, what what part of it? Because, I mean, their, their, their use of time is interesting. The way this show has gone from different places and different mm-hmm. settings has been a little bit of an adjustment. But I thought it was, it, it, while, while jarring initially, it did bring us right back into that moment where we see this is real time what's been happening while we've been in the other past episode in, you know, the afterlife. So it was interesting to kind of be brought back into like, okay, this is the main timeline situation. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And because we were curious of what was going on last episode in this, and we finally get some some answers, and we'll get more throughout this episode. Uh, so we have Harrow and his crew. They head to the desert, to the tomb location of Amit, which is the Pyramid of Giza. Is it the Pyramid of Giza? Did they say that? Or is it just one of the pyramids? Why am I thinking it's the Pyramid of Giza? Maybe it's a pyramid. I don't That doesn't stick out to me if they said it was the Pyramid of Giza, but maybe. All right. For what it's worth, I'm thinking it was the Pyramid of Giza. Um, they are stopped by, like, Egyptian military or police, and Harrow uses his upgraded Amit staff to judge all the souls of the military police, like, just by, like, pounding it into the ground. Um, one of the military men s- survive and because he is balanced, and it seems like he just immediately joins Harrow's crew, which, is it, so does Harrow's staff, like, obviously it judges the souls, and if you don't have, 
if you don't have balanced uh, scales, it'll kill you. Does it mind control the people that are balanced? Like that dude, did he just, was he mind controlled? Like, holy shit, I'm just with them. Or was it like, oh, fuck, that dude has magic. I'm going to roll with him now. I think it's kind of like a hybrid of that where it's like, if you are judged correctly, like it kind of makes you, like you see the light, so to speak, of like his omit light or whatever. And you're like, I'm going to go for that. Like, so it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a combination of mind control, but also just like will yourself because you're like, okay, I will join this. Mm-hmm. And we get Layla and she's uh, tucked away in there. No one recognizes her. Um, and she wants to kill Harrow wants revenge on what he did to Mark and what he wants to stop what he's planning to do. Um, and Toweret, the hippo god, takes control of dead bodies to try and deliver Mark's message to Layla to not, try not to kill Harrow and that she needs to go free Khonshu. But she kind of ignores it for the time being. Um, then we get them to traveling to the Pyramid of Giza, I think, where Harrow opens the Temple of the Gods with his new staff. And we see like five of the avatars in there that we saw earlier in the show. And they all die. They are all killed which is gnarly. Um, did they have powers? No, they just kind of did. And Amit was overpowering? Kind, yeah, I think Amit overpowered them. And just again, just to see the hippo goddess again possessing like the dead bodies, I enjoyed that sequence. I thought it was, it was you know, like we said, this show's had more rem- echoes of Iron Man humor. And again, it had that quirkiness, that offbeat, you know, the head lifting up and then dropping. It's like, that was an interesting take to see sort of but it was in, it was i guess a way that they address like the avatars by killing them all by like this is why they're not in future things or in rmc as a whole because they're here and now they're gone similar to our friend ralph really really you know Frickin I, better, but i mean it was, we're gonna mention it later so i mean i might as well get the reference in now yeah fuck that god damn it um all right, so Layla, though, through after they're all killed, um, she realizes that, uh, or Harrow, sorry, I'm bearing the lead. He kills all of them, obviously, and then releases Amit. And Amit is this giant crocodile that is terrifying and cool. Um, very trippy series, obviously, but a very trippy episode just in general. What did you think of Amit's reveal? Well, I think I think we kind of touched on it last week when we said that we kind of thought that they were going to be like a CGI villain, like I mean, not villain, but like people representation of the gods again. Yeah. So it wasn't like a surprise to see. It was more just kind of like, OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was it, cool. It, and I mean, I don't want to make I mean, you said it was very this is a very weird, interesting show, but it just almost felt like I don't know why, but just very Barney-esque. And like the fact that like this bit not not in the sense like you got this big Barney thing. the di- the dinosaur yes like the Barney the dinosaur maybe the hippo vibes gave me that too where it's just like these big things with like human people like there's something jarring about it but still familiar to childhood of like Barney. I can't get over the Barney reference. I I I usually know what you're putting down. I don't see the Barney connection here, Peter. Think about like there's the, like the little kids with the giant Barney. Bruh. The human people with the giant. I think a better uh, uh, comparison might be like in the Power Rangers ones where at the end of every uh, like show, they all like team up and combine together to make a giant like Power Ranger to fight the giant thing. That was the vibe I was getting. Barney, that's an all time 
comparison that we just got on this. I'm very curious how the listeners respond. I, I'm I'm here for it, Peter. The Barney the Dinosaur comparison. You never know what you're going to get here on the Pineapple Couch. You never know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, that's the only... The only way to describe what it reminded me of. Not, and it's like not a knock to the show. It's like, you know, that's just kind Barney of Barney how... vibes. Yeah, Barney vibes. Interesting. All Hashtag. right. So we see Layla unleash Khonshu, Um, And Khonshu immediately is trying to have her be his avatar because he does not sense Mark in this world because Mark is dead right now. Um, Layla tells him basically to fuck off and she's not joining him. And then we get this little Khonshu versus Amit battle in the Temple of the Gods. I will say, I was watching this with my father, the the way they're just destroying this ancient location with all the artifacts. I'm like, oh, no, how can you do this thing? It's just it kind of hurts as the little history buff in me. Maybe I'm a, I'm a little Dane Whitman archaeologist, but I, it kind of sucks to watch all that great shit just get destroyed. I mean, to that point, though, first of all, I had no idea you were an archaeologist in person in archaeology stuff. Full um, surprise. But um, I don't know. I just feel like I, when they were battling it out in there, I'm like, it didn't, it just felt like, because I just re- I've been rewatching things. So I just rewatched Ultron, and it's like, you know, the city gets decimated. So it's like, it's a superhero movie. Things are going to get broken. Landmarks, you know. I mean, no way yeah, home. Just... The Statue of Liberty, Spider Man, all that stuff. It's like, eh. Another thing to get yeah. destroyed. True, true, true. Um, we uh, so Conscious fighting Amit, and in this moment, she learns from one of the dying avatars that there is a way to beat Amit by basically locking her in a human's body and capturing that human, like putting, like basically having her possess Harrow, similar to how Conchu possessed Mark. That could be the way to tether her down. And um, because of the need of avatars to do this, because all the avatars are dead, uh, Layla actually goes through uh, and becomes temporarily uh, the avatar for Tauret, where even we get this cool moment where Tauret tells Layla that she met her father in the field of reeds. I thought that was very cool. Um, and it's basically the unveiling of the Scarlet Scarab character from the comic books. So super cool. She had the emblem on a Band-Aid a few episodes ago, but you can obviously see with the Scarlet, like the wings that she has. Um, unexpected that they did it in season one for me. I I saw it maybe, I, I kind of pictured it almost as a post credit scene. That's something that would happen uh, in tease for season two, but excited that we got to see it this episode. And I think there's just a giant possibility of her popping up in random projects now because I think that's a cool character. And she doesn't have, for lack of a better word, the mental baggage that Mark Moon Knight carries where he doesn't know essentially who he is half the time. So it's probably harder for him to work in the team dynamic. Her, I think she could. Totally. And I think to riff off of that, I mean, first off, obviously throughout this show, we've been saying what a great job Oscar does playing Mark, but obviously May playing Layla is this episode also just flexed so much her acting ability where she was doing the when she was the avatar versus talking to herself and just the physicality of that was just really cool to see. Again, the way this show is really letting people 
deliver performances that feel grounded, but at the same time you're dealing with like being an avatar for an Egyptian god. So that was really rad. I like the fact that we got the reveal in the finale because it is, it's a season finale instead of a series finale as the tweets were changed, you know? Mm. And I think that it again subverts the typical formula of what we're used to expecting. We're used to seeing things like when we got the wasp as a post-credit scene, things like that, as opposed to like, here's the finale, we are switching up. So you don't really, so it's kind of making it better for fans who have been along for the journey for X amount of years, you're not, you expect something, but then it's a different version of what you expect. And it's still, and it delivers. And I think that this was a really great way of having, giving Mark someone to fight with, especially in that final battle. And at the same time, like you said, setting her up where she could exist on her own, because there's that great line, which seemed a little out of place, but it makes sense if you're thinking world building where the little girl's like, are yeah. you an Egyptian superhero? And she just responds, yes, I am which I think really does speak to the point of where she's able to go off, whether it's to show up in the 10 Rings series or in Armor Wars. You know, there's different places she can pop up theoretically. So I think it does a great job of doing that very organically. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad they added that in. Um, uh, So she's obviously a big part of this final battle that we'll get to. All right, so now we flash to Mark in the field of reeds, looking all peaceful, serenity. Um, and he basically says, fuck this, Stephen has to suffer, and I get this, which is kind of a mind fuck because they're the same person, but we're rolling with it. And so he leaves the field of reeds, and he goes to save Stephen, and he uses his new, like, full heart, quote-unquote, that he has from being balanced, um, and that basically unfreezes the two of them in the sand, and then they run away from a giant sand wave that the hippo god blocks with her flying boat in the desert, and they escape through a portal to come back to life. That is a real sentence of what I just said, and of I what love happened. It so much, I know, but it's just it's ridiculous. Just so it's, just, it's, it's just, it's just great. It's just. It's like, why not? And it's like, and that's the thing. It's like Marvel's able to do these things that on paper you're thinking to yourself, as we say these things, it's like, wait, what? And but you watch it and you're like, yes, I'm on board. I co-sign this. Let get me continue yeah, to be a part of this. Absolutely. So now we have Mark in his f- formerly dead body. Sorry, folks, if you hear my dog barking, it's just the animal show here on uh, the Pineapple Couch today. Mark wakes up in his dead body and Conchu senses his presence, presence. So he flies or travels, transports to Mark and they make a deal essentially that Mark will be the avatar for a little bit and then he'll let them go. Is that how you interpreted that? Yeah, what their deal was. Okay. Yes, I mean, I never, I don't, I in the moment, I did not trust Kanju, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going with this, but not going to trust him, but we're going with this. Well, and you were right not to trust him, but we get a very cool scene where Kanju's like uses the night sky and his power to send Moon Knight, who's flying fast as he can, to go stop Amit and Arthur Harrow. Amit has been is giant now and is sucking up souls and just getting bigger and bigger. And we get Moon Knight flying into action and he is fighting Arthur Harrow on the Pyramid of Giza with, for the first time in the show, finally a full moon 
which is cool because it's all been different phases of the moon so far in this show, each episode. So we get the full, full moon in the sixth show, show the finale, and Mark and Arthur's just start battling. It is finally we are getting some sort of, uh, like, action and getting to see it. Um, and Layla joins in. We see the Scarlet Scarab, so we get some good action there while Conchu, who gets giant as well, is fighting Amit. Conchu's getting his ass beat, but... Mark slash Moon Knight slash Mr. Knight slash Steven, they're fighting Harrow, and essentially, like, it's they're getting their ass kicked. And it looks like Harrow is going to kill them. And then, wouldn't you know, it blacks out again. And we flash to uh, basically, Mark is standing right there. Everyone is dead around him. Harrow is on the brink of death, about to be killed, it looks like. And so it's similar to what we had in the first episodes, but this is, I just would like to say, a little victory lap for me right now. I bat a thousand percent on the show. I called everything. I called the Scarlet Scarab. I called Jake Lockley, just saying, patting myself on the back because I am the greatest of all time. So there's a third. Stephen and Mark like, don't know who did it, right? And we know who did it because of the third sarcophagus and what we've been waiting for. But basically, like, he's on the brink of death. And, um, yeah, pretty gnarly. I'm really, 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 really upset that they just decided to have it black out and I missed all the action. I mean, for the love of fuck, let me see some him killing people. Why not? Show it to me, damn it. But, no, it just blacks out, which I get is how this show kind of goes. But, like, that's the biggest disappointment of the series to me is just in general – I wanted to see Moon Knight kill more people. And that sounds weird to say, but I did. I, I wanted that, and I understand the purpose of the blackouts, but here I just was like, God, fuck. Let me see it. What were your thoughts? So, that was a lot, both in the scene, and that was a great recap. That scene, for me, really solidified this show as my... Number, I would put it at number two as far as finales go. And because the battle for me pushed it past Loki for me, but what the moment that you criticize also is what kept it from going past WandaVision for me, which was the blackout. Had we had the non, had it not blacked out and we gotten to see the third version, avatar version of him take everybody out. Because it worked at the beginning of the show where it was like, okay, what is this mystery? Like, who's he's blacking out and action is happening. But to have it in the finale in such a pivotal moment, not show it to us, it just, it, 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 it was hard for me to, to get on board with that. I did enjoy seeing him and Lila work in tandem together and the way it was very, it was, it was a grittier fight. It was, I would say, better fighting than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, maybe more more echoing closer to Winter Soldier, the film, as far as the level of what the fighting was and the intricacies of it. And also, just seeing how, I mean, you expected Layla to be able to deflect with the wings, but then to see him as Moon Knight just to put up his arms to deflect the magic of Anju. So I really enjoyed it, but at the same time, I did feel robbed, like you said, of that getting to see it on screen it's like we were get, bring, brought to the edge and then like nope 
and it's like you promised that this show was going to be more. And I guess to a sense, it was more than typical Marvel, mm-hmm. but it could have gone further. Yeah, I will say I liked the Scarlet Scarab character. I liked Layla. Um, it kind of just, though, felt like if in Captain America 1, <clears throat> the main fight scenes were half Bucky, half Cap. It's like this is a fucking Captain America movie. And this is with Moon Knight, due to the lack of fighting and stuff they've shown throughout this show, there was a big burden, I think at least, to show Mark Moon Knight doing a lot in this finale. And he got the same amount of fighting screen time as Layla, who, cool character, but the show's called fucking Moon Knight. And it was a little shoehorned in her aspects, I thought, of the fight. I understand why they did it to set up for the future, and that's cool. But I needed, I didn't want that to be a 50-50 fight them both versus Arrow. It's Moon Knight. I want to see Moon Knight do Moon Knight things. Well, and I would say it's, it's almost like a... it was a 30-30 because you also had the Khonshu fighting yeah. on it, which I could have done without. I could have done yeah, without was, my was, Macy's was... Day Parade type battle going on over there on the side and like let it be grounded between them here. And it should have been more Arthur, Mark, Steven. I will say the evolution of Mr. Knight was cool to see. I think that really stood out to me, just how he was like, we've learned new things and how he did his little stunt court. And I, would, I mean, it, wasn't, it was just cool. It was cool to see, but not enough. Yeah, the, the best thing that the big gods fight did was the most effective thing it did, I thought, was it served as like kind of a good backdrop for Harrow versus Moon Knight in the background. Other than that, I, I agree a little too much. I'd rather have them maybe just fight in the Temple of the Gods in there instead of these giant alligators fighting. But again, we will see. Um, and now we get to have we have Mark and Layla take Hera's body to the tomb where they're more powerful or the Hall of the Gods, whatever that place is called. And they begin to do the spell that will send Amit's essence, Amit, into Harrow. And uh, they do that. It is successful. Uh, Contra was getting his ass kicked, so he got saved by the bell there. And um, we see Contra then come in and tell uh, Mark to kill Harrow because it's too risky to keep them alive. What? sidebar what movie is it where they say he's too dangerous to be left alive you know that yeah no i know exactly what you're talking about uh oh mace windu about chancellor palpatine to anakin in revenge of the sith there we go okay that exact situation it was just may 4th yeah that uh so that's that situation and mark stands up to conscience is like nah fuck you i don't want to do this you do it let me free. And so we think that Mark is free from Khonshu. And so there we go. Happy days. But we flash then back to the mental hospital where um, we have Harrow and Arthur or Harrow and um, Mark, Stephen, and we see blood on Harrow's feet for the first time, um, like. I kind of think that the blood was always there, but now we're just finally realizing it. He's walking on glass. There's going to be blood. And it was just kind of a weird uh, exchange we have in this 
asylum, essentially, where Stephen like kind of laughs and Mark laugh at Harrow about how he doesn't believe in those things. And then we flash to Mark waking up in Stephen's apartment, basically the exact same thing as the first episode, foot tied to the bed and all. And that's how it ends. And it's like, okay. And then you get the post credit scene where Arthur Harrow is at some sort of mental asylum and he is picked up by some dude and dude to get in there killed a bunch of people and he is put in a limo where Conchu is waiting for him in a suit and uh, basically he reveals that he's, Mark is not free from him and that uh, he has a third personality and this third personality is gnarly and will not be soft like Mark was according to Conchu and we get the reveal of the limo driver cab driver as Jake Lockley and he shoots and kills Arthur Harrow and that is season one of Moon Knight so there was a lot there yeah I, I think it is, I think initially one thing because you know you patted yourself on the back and I respect that and I virtually pat you on the back as well thank you thank I will you, say you. the magic moment with the spell I did allude to that back in episode one that when he, they mentioned chaos and then to see them do a spell which is a very specific word choice to use for them to, you know to get rid of him and mm-hmm. it's like oh, all of a sudden I, they know magic that's the other that thing was, was a little like, odd was like, yeah what? like you said like they knew Matt it was like where did this come from I mean not that I'm not here for it but I would have loved explanation maybe from a longer finale so to speak um it was a bit of a jarring ending to the show just just you know i mean as far as up until the end of the show before post credits especially because we've got this whole idea that moon knight is very visceral you know brutal violent yada 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 and Mm -hmm. it's like he chooses to show mercy which is like okay okay here for i i get it you know and then we have you know which makes as credence to the Jake character. But I mean, and I and I think as we've been talking about this show, I think it shows that we are very objectively passionate about the MCU because we do, we are so invested that we can look at it and be critical of things that, you know, we aren't the biggest, we have kind of issues with because there are people that are just like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, no, 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 no. marks. Like, just solid, solid, solid. And it's just like, is it though? So I mean, I, it was a good finale. Like I think at the top of the show too, we said it was a good finale. It was a good ending, but we're not like this. Like, I think there might have been a few episodes that might have been better than the finale from the season in itself. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I think I think Justin, it was in a very. It was nice to have the mid credit scene brought back. It was nice to kind of leave it open ended to where it's like we could have a season two, but also yeah. like we could see these characters again. Season two, to me, I I think they clearly have set it up, but it's almost like the same exact scenario. You have now Mark and Steven who are working together and have figured out their relationship and they're just going to black out and we're going to get Jake and it'll be essentially the same type of story. Um, I don't know. That'll be cool. The director of Moon Knight or writer wants to do a team up. He said today that he wants to do a team up movie with Moon Knight as a film. So I don't know who you'd be teaming up with, but that would be cool. Um, I kind of think that they will need a season 
two before they can unleash Moon Knight on the MCU. Because I think before he can appear and work in groups with these people, he needs to somewhat grasp all his different personalities. At least know they exist. Because um, if he's like fighting alongside people, the blackout type scenes aren't aren't going to be effective when he's surrounded by other superheroes. Because it's like there's I don't know I I think that that needs to be not solved but acknowledged by Mark for him to eventually appear in an Avengers type thing. And I think but I do want it. I think the fight scene made me that final fight scene did make me seem like I would like to see him play with the other toys, so to speak. I would like to see him in there mixing it up on a grounded level. Like, you know, the only other ground was, was like Cap or like people Bucky on the ground doing the physical stuff as opposed to like the magical stuff, which we'll get to. So I think eventually he will make sense. But I mean, even look at the fact that Doctor Strange doesn't get a sequel until six years after the fact. But he does pop up throughout the MCU, so it's not shown up in a movie that, every year since. So you know, I think it's. I think we will see him again, Moon Knight, and I think. Oh yeah, we'll see. Oh, a version of Moon Knight. Yeah, I'm. Do you, are do you think uh, Jake's Moon Knight uh, outfit is different? I think so. I think it's going to be a bit different. I think it would. I think there has to be a differentiation. Yeah, I'm not sure what it would be though. That would be cool. I'm, I'm I'm excited for that. I hope. I mean, when this show had like zero reshoots and no problems doing it, so maybe they're able to turn something around kind of quick. I don't know. When we talk about though, like how this ranks in terms of Disney Plus shows, I, I have it at number. Because Loki, number one. Loki is my number one, and I, I liked Moon Knight. Loki is still comfortably number one for me. And in terms of finales that I liked, Loki, by far, to me, best finale. I loved it. I think... I, I, go ahead. I just don't know what I like more, this or WandaVision. Um, because I think the stuff that WandaVision sets up is awesome. But Ralph Boner sucked. And Doctor Strange not showing up in the finale wasn't was not cool especially because he like was obviously the one sending wanda those commercial type messages so i under i think it's uh, i'll put moon knight at three because wandavision has the ability because it spawned more mcu stuff if that makes sense but i'd go loki wandavision moon knight but moon knight very 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 good very good and i think my ranking is similar to yours where i would i would put for me, WandaVision is, is my one, and I would put Loki AO at two over Moon Knight as a whole, just because I think the blackouts and the lack of they made they 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 just hyped the violence of the and the action of this show so much, and then it really didn't get there. And yeah, I and think, then we didn't get to see it. And yeah, and, be, and I think because we had more, we've had more time with Tom, so it's like you you you're 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 more drawn to Loki's character and arc because you've had more time with it. And I think Moon Knight is a completely brand new entity. Definitely was a more enjoyable show. We it was a show that we rewatched episodes, you know, to a sense. Will I rewatch the finale? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but like there were certain episodes where it was like mind blown. Like this is yeah. so great. So yeah. I think definitely a, a three spot, and a, it was it was good. It was. I'm not mad about it's. It's not a Falcon and the Winter Soldier disappointment. It's 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 like it's more like a Hawkeye. Like okay. I, I I got it. It was good. It was. 
people online like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, one people and I know people too that in person are in real life. I guess like it's not that online. They're like real saying life, it's but... the best Disney Plus show, and I. I yes i kind of lose all my respect for someone when they say that i just don't what are you talking about like Uh, like do we need to rewatch it to kind of understand like i i just i don't know i refuse to rewatch that shit and i mean i think that's the thing i would watch it again for for the character rather watch an infomercial but i don't i think still the show it just didn't i don't know the show wasted two A-list actors. Not, I don't know if they're A-list, but two amazing actors in Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. And when it, or as other every other show, you look at WandaVision, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, fucking get, are given opportunities and they hit them out of the park. Same with Loki and Sylvie and Mobius and uh, Loki, obviously. And then same with Oscar Isaac and uh, Ethan Hawke in this. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Did not have that. It was not close to. And I'm not saying those guys can't do it. I think they can. They were not given an opportunity to. Because I think they. The problem with Falcon Winter Soldier. Is it. Every one of these series has kind of been like. Okay I am a series. So we're going to make a little differences from the movies. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was like. Hey let's just do a movie. And uh, break it into six parts. And let's add in maybe the worst character in the history of all television in Carly Morgenthau. But and I think to your point, to that point, you had, like you said you had Anthony and Sebastian and it should have been a ballpark. Yeah, run. you should have killed but those it's like, awesome. But even Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld together was a better dynamic. Oh, not even than- close than this and it's like that's that and what and what if you looking back think from if you watch civil war and thought jeremy renner is going to have a better show than sebastian stan and anthony mackie not it's, you wouldn't have thought that at all but it's like yeah i mean i this isn't a hot take i'm not trying to be outlandish i very very much so like what if the innovated show a lot more than falcon and the winter soldier I think What If is awesome. Like, I really like it. I am a huge fan of What If. And so, like, I think it's miles better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I just think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was just a steaming pile of garbage that I think promised us stuff. Will be better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Slow down there. Slow down there. I, 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 can on, I think I would stake that claim right now. I'm just not my thing with Miss Marvel, and this is totally fine. I, it's I am not the target audience of this like sixteen year old girl show. I, I'm not, and I get that. I get they have different demographics that they hit, and that makes sense. It's smart. I'm just like I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be like watching like Hannah Montana or something. Like it's like a Disney Channel show, and I'm like I'm at the point. Those days, I I had those days. Believe me, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. You had Kim Possible, you had uh, Sweet Life on Deck, That's So Raven, Phil of the Future, some great stuff, don't get me wrong. I'm 26, I don't need a, I, I'm not I'm not looking forward to that, I'm not. So I, even Falcon and the Winter Soldier would be better than that. And this isn't even a shot at Miss Marvel at all. It would be a shot if I was a 16 year old girl and was not interested in it, but let the record show that I am not. So yes, sorry that was a rant. But I'm like I you I 
I think that how we're going to do Miss Marvel on the pod is you'll watch it and you'll just update me. Each be like, oh, this is kind of what happened. And I'll be like, all right. Interesting. Interesting. And then at one point I'll be like, and then, you know, Tony Stark was brought back to life on this episode. And Captain Shield showed up. And I think I think there has to be a reason why this show is happening beyond just to grab demographics. I think. I still think Kevin has a reason for putting this in the lineup that is integral to what is happening. I will say, though, we do, you did see the Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man Quantumania, and the Marvels has traded release dates, pushing the Marvels out further, I believe. Yeah, yeah good. I want to see Ant-Man before that. I yeah, I mean we'll see what maybe I'll be wrong with Miss Marvel and it'll be the greatest thing ever. But I will never find out because I will only hear reviews of it. I don't know. It's just that's just how I feel, folks. Cancel me if you want to. Actually, please don't. That would suck. <laughs> don't, uh, don't. We're just we're gaining traction. We're gaining he's, he's a good person. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about uh multiverse of madness we have like five pages of notes we're not gonna go for forever on it because those of you who are listening might be seeing it tonight thursday might be seeing it tomorrow so i think what we should do peter is we should just run through some things that we think uh stand out in this movie no spoilers everyone going in i have not seen spoilers i'm good um peter is as well so let's just talk about it uh peter what is the most important I have, oh, actually, I have questions. That's what we'll do. I have questions. Perfect. Yes, questions. Is the Dark Doctor Strange a misdirect? Is he going to be that important? I think he's important for the future. So, like Doctor Strange 3 or post Multiverse of Madness. I don't think he's, so I think he's a misdirect for this movie, but I think he's a sign of things to come post multiverse of madness i don't think he'll be that big in this movie i think it's a misdirect i think what it will do is his individual character i don't think will be in future projects i think what it is is it's supposed to show a corrupted doctor strange and that's what we may be getting from our doctor strange in the third one that would be the the way I see him as like a preview of it and similar to what if. So that's that. Um, is Spider-Man No Way Home addressed, Peter? I think it has to be. And I think that that's I think that's the thing that everyone's that to me is like, we need to discuss what Stephen did. Like, I think everyone's like Wanda needs to atone for all her issues that she did with Westview and the Hex and stuff. And it's uh-huh. like, technically she did. She took herself away to the mountain. Yeah, reflecting. Yeah. Did she really? She went, I mean, come on. She's, but she's, she's like going to do bad she's shit. growing or attempting to grow. Whereas he's it's kind not, of just I, like, oh, I, 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 Tony's I, dead. It's fine. Oh, Peter's gone from the timeline. It's fine. I mean, yeah, he fucked up. He fucked up. And I think they will address it. I kind of feel like they're going to address it like right at the beginning of the movie. Maybe like when they're talking to America Chavez or something. And it'll be like that whole Spider-Man situation because obviously he doesn't know Peter Parker. But if he knows it's a Spider-Man situation, why wouldn't he just be like, hey, I'm going to go find Spider-Man and ask him what happened? It's just a, just well, because he has to know that he did the spell. Yeah, he does. He does. And um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. 
Peter, what is the most important thing that this movie needs to accomplish? I think it needs to pull Doctor Strange and Wanda forward in their arcs and characters, especially because I feel like we said, like, Doctor Strange, you've only seen him in one movie and then throughout the MCU, but I think his character needs to further grow if he is going to be the Tony Stark of our MCU going forward. Like, he's got to get pulled, pushed to the edge and, like, so that he can expand and grow. Similarly with Wanda, if we are going to have her go full tilt villain, like, we need to push it to where her story still has places to go. Yeah. If you think about it in the Tony uh, Stephen Strange comparison, Spider-Man No Way Home and this movie are kind of like uh, Stephen's version of Age of Ultron. Yes. Creating the problem you have to go fight. A little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm okay. uh, yeah. I think, in my opinion, the most important thing that this movie needs to do is they need to have Ma- Ma- Wanda be the villain. And I know, and it's, they need to not go light about it. You need, this movie needs a villain. And you have to sell Wanda as the villain. I know Wanda is important going forward in the MCU. And if she's, she's probably going to become a hero again for sure. So, but you need to sell her as a full on villain in this. Think about Loki. Loki was the villain in Avengers, but then he's been through time able to be nursed back. You can't go soft on Wanda being the villain. It can't be like, oh, she's controlled by this one thing, so she's all innocent. No, you need to sell it. And that's like, to me, that's the crux of the entire film is that Stephen Strange is dealing with all this stuff. And it's a former Avenger who he's fighting, who has gone full bad. And that's like, does that make sense? Like the fullness of the bad? <laughs> I think so. I think because I think I think there's a lot of people. I mean, it's a hot debate on online. It's throughout fandom. It is Wanda the strongest Avenger. And so if no. she. She's not, but carry on. So in that aspect, you really need to see what it's going to take to stop someone who's going full tilt into the darkness, so to speak, and becoming a villain. I don't think we... It, I think they can pull off an arc where it's villain and we get a sense of some sort of beginning redemption towards the end of the film, too. I don't... I don't... I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case also. Yeah. I want as little redemption as possible because I want the redemption to be another project. Uh, sidebar about who I think the strongest Avenger is, I actually think it's Thor. And people sleep on that. And the MCU has nerfed him in a way. But in reality, it is Thor. He is fucking crazy. Or not in reality. In comic books, it's Thor. Which is reality. Yeah. Um, I think that's um, an interesting argument. Yeah. Deal breakers for this movie for you. I mean, I want to see Wanda go full tilt bad. That's yeah, that's, one the, of them. that's that's it for me. I- I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, cameos would be fun. I'm not I'm not someone that needs the cameos. I would be hyped if there's cameos, but, like, I don't need to see the cameos. Secret Wars is coming down the line. That's fine. I don't need it in this movie necessarily. I just need it to, to okay, because I love No Way Home so much, I can say this. There were parts of No Way Home where it was a little slow. 
with little bit moments of slowness, similar to Infinity yeah. War and Game. So this one, I would love if we are going full ra- full rails, no t- breathing room. Don't All give gas, me no breaks. Room. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think that's what we're going to get in this film. Um, the biggest deal breaker for me, and it's like it's obviously the Wanda thing, but anything. I can get that suggests John Krasinski is going to be the main Mr. Fantastic of the MCU. That's all I care about. It's all I care about. No, I mean, obviously I care about a lot of things, but if I can get, and there's been all these rumors, Peter, of him maybe being the director for it. It's okay if Wanda kills the Illuminati and kills him in this, I guess. But that we should get, I hope we get some sort of tease or something that, Yo, our Mr. Fantastic is John Krasinski, too. And maybe the events of WandaVision and Quantum Mania are what pull him to get involved. Um, that's huge for me. He, like, if John Krasinski plays Mr. Fantastic, we're talking like a top three favorite character for me in the MCU going forward. Yeah. Like, that's. I just. I, I, I guess my biggest fear is that it's going to be Ralph 2.0. That we're only getting him as like fan service if we get him. And I then will it's like, riot. And then it's like we never see him again. But at the same time, I like the idea. I, I mean, just the fact that, that the existence of a Mr. Fantastic, an existence of a Professor X in the MCU would, is, is huge, obviously, if that, if that ends up happening, you know, as it's been implied by trailers, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think that's huge for the MCU going forward, but I just, I, I would be very sad if it's just, uh, there he is, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. I think this movie will have a surprise that we have no idea is coming. What are our bold predictions for that cameo in this movie? And this is outside of the Illuminati. Um, while you have time to think, I will say, I believe we will see Ian McKellen Magneto. <laughs> I want it to be Michael Fassbender, but you can't, I can't always get anything. I think we will see Ian McKellen Magneto. And to kind of qualify that theory, I think at least we will see someone from Patrick Stewart's X-Men. Just one. Maybe not a big thing at all. There's no way, though, that we don't... There's not a, one surprise cameo in this. So that's where I would lean. Where would you lean? Oh, I would, I would lean. also lean Hydra Cap. Sorry. Hydra Cap, Chris Evans. Is, is that what you're just going to say? I mean, yes. And I've got, I've got to think of a new one. Um, 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 animated. Oh. I would ooh. lean to, like, a trip to the animated multiversal. I mean, if Star Wars is making animated part of canon, it's like, why can't? You know, that it bleeds in and it's animated like what if is animated, but that's still considered live action, so to speak. Yeah. But it's especially and, and I would. OK, I would love that. Our, our bold prediction is that the multiversal hopping does show us multiversal things. Like, it's not just like here's a universe, but we don't really see what's in that universe. Like, get, show like, me Easter eggs, a fantastic show me a fantastic a Johnny Storm and a Sue Storm. OK. Okay. That's another one I would say. This is a question you posed. Who's going to die? Do any member members of the Illuminati survive this film slash their fight with Wanda? 
<laughs> no, <laughs> they're all gonna die. <laughs> I think they will. Some will survive, though. I think, no, I think they're I would, all gonna be dead. I think Captain Carter would survive, and I think the other, the whoever. I don't think. I don't think Monica. Or no, they're just gonna Maria. save the women. What the fuck? No, the I don't think. I only think. I only think Captain Carter might survive, and Mordo maybe. I don't think Mr. Fantastic would allegedly survive. I don't think Professor X. I would. Professor X can't survive. Like that needs to be a Wanda. He dies in everything. Like, he always dies. Um. Uh, I think I, I don't think Wong will die. I think Wong will die in the third Doctor Strange. Okay. Um. What? So I have. We have a couple more questions. I have. I put down. I think, or you did. It's in blue, so I think it's me. But where does this movie leave Stephen Strange and Wanda Maximoff? This is something we've texted quite a bit about, and I'd like you to talk about that theory you texted me. Let me find my theory. That's the problem, is that we have so many things that we talk about. Okay, my theory. Yes. This movie, I haven't found it, but I, I also can't spell as I'm looking through these text messages. I realize I can't spell a lot of times. Got it. Nope, that's that's John regarding. Um, I will say that I believe my here we go. So my theory is the final set piece is going to be the castle situation, Wanda with the castle. And we've seen in the trailer those clips of her like doing the rune thingies. And like it looks like, you know, that's what she's like learning stuff. But my theory is that ultimately she gets to the point after she's gotten full unhinged that she's like what am I actually doing? What's actually going on? Like, she's no, like we don't want redemption, Peter. No redemption. Well, I'm not. I don't one movie without one movie without redemption. I'm not saying redemption. it's necessarily redemption. I'm saying it's more like she realizes that things are not well and decides to take out the dark hold or take out whatever's possessed her, so to speak, and brings it all down on herself. The castle. Everything comes down, and we're left with this wondering that she's dead. Air quotes, allegedly. Which would set up leaving her isolated if she's, you know, found in Latveria by Doctor Doom, which is what I want. And that also isolates her from everybody else, similar to how No Way Home left Peter isolated from everybody else until they find their way back. And, you know, there is a lot of talk that there is a Scarlet Witch movie, Scarlet Witch trilogy situation. That is a very big rumbling online. Even in interviews, Elizabeth Olsen remains back and forth, like if she's coming back or when she's coming back. or like. And I don't yeah. think you're going to... Like, we just lost Cap, Tony, Natasha. You're not going to get rid of the ones you have now. There's no... You can't. There's nothing left no, on, the, on the bench. Mm-hmm. So that's I think I, I like that theory. I think that there's something possible where um, at the end of this movie, Wanda is defeated and she does realize what, like, what she did and was like, oh my God, I fucked up. Wait, is but, she defeated though? Or is she... Does yeah. she almost... Does she get defeated? Yes. I don't know if she does get defeated though. I think she does because of the book of Ashanti that Doctor Strange will have. But, but I think there is a way where maybe she doesn't get fully, like, I'm not saying, like, she's, like, 
on the ground. Like, I, I, I think, though, what Doctor Strange will be able to do is protect Chavez. Like, she's not going to get that goal, whatever she's trying to get. So she maybe she's not getting defeated, but she's not getting the thing. She's not winning. They're gonna she's gonna hold her own, and I think then she'll disappear throughout the multiverse, and she'll go to an area, uh, some universe where her kids, and we'll get her come back somehow. But I think we could see her disappear into the multiverse. I don't know though. That's a rogue rogue. So we both well at least with the end the ending is similar. We have, we agree that there's an ambiguous ending to her. Yeah, and then Doctor Strange gets corrupted. That's like that's what's going to happen in this movie. He's going to be corrupted by the Darkhold, and there's going to be some tease of the next thing. And I don't want to spoil anything because I know a little bit. Um, I like how at the start of this you're like, we know no spoilers, and then well, I know some stuff that you know some stuff. And especially, I think our conversation actually led on that we know some stuff too as it's been going on. Yeah, just... um, but we haven't shared anything. I I don't, I don't like that theory I just gave. I have no idea. I just know of right. one thing that isn't that big, but whatever. We'll talk about it after we see it. Um, Post-credit scene predictions. Uh, and John Krasinski, one... Mr. Fantastic, give it to me. But that's not going to happen. My dream <laughs> is, is, is Victor Von Doom finding Wanda in Latveria. I think Wanda is very high likely to be in a post-credit scene. If we got Doctor Doom, that would be sweet. Um, but but we can't have nice things. Yeah, I, I see. Um, I, there's this. I'll just spoiler alert. This isn't confirmed or anything. I've heard this thing. That actually, I'm not even gonna say it. Never mind. You're welcome, people. I'm showing constraint. I don't. I don't know. I the the post-credit scenes. I, I think you're gonna get one with Doctor Strange that shows he's getting corrupted. That's what I think. That's what I've heard through the grapevine. Well, that's an interesting, that's an interesting tease of that aspect. And I think it kind of circles back to where we are, where if we are, if you're coming into Multiverse of Madness, you're coming in fresh off of essentially the events of Westview and the events of No Way Home. And I would I would, it would be nice if we had an acknowledgement of how much time has passed from Westview to No Way Home because Westview theoretically was so soon after Endgame. Yeah, it was like Halloween. And No Way Home was, it was how Christmas. far after? It was Christmas. Yeah. So it's only, it's been a rough few months for these people. Yeah. And that's a good point to bring up though because not only are those two memories fresh, but like you mentioned, Endgame. Is fresh in Strange's mind. Like the idea of him that he told Tony Stark he has to sacrifice himself to save everyone. I mean, that's weighing on him probably. Like that's not, that's like four months old, five months old. It's not like four years or five years like we've been waiting. Like it's and not I think that that's, old he's a character years. that we need to see his growth because if we think to Doctor Strange 1, he's. He also needs mess. to address that he killed Tony. It was him. I guarantee you there was another fucking way to beat Thanos, but Tony had to do it? Come on. Come on. The whole thing, I mean, yeah, you have the situation with Thanos, and you have the Tony, you have, you have also the fact that, you know, Wanda almost could have beat Thanos, too. So you have all these factors going in. You have the fact that Steven is not the Sorcerer Supreme at the moment, either. So And he doesn't have the eye of Agamotto. Thank you. That was a very delayed finished my sentence. I expected it to be like. Sorry. 
I'm a little off today. <laughs> so I think that we are, if we have, you know, we've got Wong, who is super, who is the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. We've got, and but Wong is also, you know, he's got his own responsibilities, as we saw in No Way Home. He's dealing with situations. Uh-huh. But I think we do find Steven in a place where he is being weighed upon by, hopefully, Tony's untimely demise. The whole Peter Parker of it all. And if the trailers are to be sure, Christine's also getting married. Yeah, boy's Ooh. down. He's down bad. But is he as down as Wanda is at this point of the time? No, because he's arrogant and he doesn't realize or admit that he's down bad. Wanda... I mean, Wanda's down incredibly bad, but also is continuing to be bad and do bad things. So, like, I don't know, she's just, she kept the entire town hostage, mind control. She did that. An entire town, by thousands of people, she took hostage. And nothing has happened. And that's the other thing in the trailer. Stephen Strange being like, I'm not here about Westview. What the fuck are you? What? <laughs> Bro, what? Because it's, he doesn't like, care. He's focused like, on what care? he cares about. <laughs> Nobody like, cared about Westview. West. I mean, I guess the government dude did care about Westview because they wanted vision. But, like, nobody... nobody it's like, Westview happened? Okay. Doctor Strange is like, I got this um, multiversal hopping situation going on. I need your help. Which I guess, Which I guess does sort of speak to my complaint that I have occasionally where it's like, these big events are happening in solo movies. Why aren't we reaching out to the phone a friend to bring somebody? So it makes sense here that we are bringing in someone to help him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're also, we have a runtime of two hours and six minutes, which is. I'm five hours away from seeing it. You're three. I am four. Yeah. Fourth. Yeah. And I'm going to get there early because I want whatever collectible popcorn tin they give you. They do that? that? Yeah, they do that. That's pretty cool. I'm very into that. Um, Kang post credit scene. Book it. I think we need to mention Kang though. I think we need to. We that's okay. That's another. Which go back scrolling up to question deal breakers. I want to see them address what Loki and Sylvie did. Yeah, that needs because be we can't act like it didn't happen. Like it no caused all of this. Never. So did Loki that and Sylvie, cause yes. it or did Feige confirmed that Loki and Sylvie caused all of this, which allowed those villains to come through in spider-man that once dr strange fucked up his spell loki and sylvie are they fucked it up so i mean geez putting too much blame on my boy loki it was sylvie i was gonna say yeah um he's just a good soldier love loki he's my guy but yeah sylvie uh, fucked it up so really all our anger about poor peter parker because sylvie if we think about it yeah sylvie is i mean and the fact that What's interesting is that we're filming season two of Loki. It hasn't been officially announced, but everyone's like, we're filming it. It's happening. This is going on. But no announcements. And then you've just got... You've got this whole new side of the MSU being fleshed out with the multiverse of it all. And I don't think... I think going into this, I thought multiverse of madness meant we're going to address the multiverse and it'll be like Flashpoint where we break everything down to one verse is what we have. And I don't think that's the case. The more we get closer to this movie in a few hours, I think it's much more like the multiverse will still live. It builds the Secret Wars. And that would happen. just be an insane moment because you can't... You get to the point where your villains aren't strong enough to your heroes are too strong and like 
I think that makes sense that you're fighting against one another to do so. I agree. Um, any last things we want to mention before we wrap up episode 166 of the Pineapple Couch on the day Doctor Strange is released? Peter and I will both be seeing it. Very excited. Um, anything else, Peter? It, I, it, there's just a different vibe going into this one than there was for No Way Home. Like, I think No Way Home had this... This feels bigger. I don't know why it does, though. Which is interesting because I think No Way Home had this nostalgia aspect of, like, hopefully we get to see our Peters, like, from Peter 1, Peter 2, like, Peter 3, we get to see them together was the hope going into this. And then that movie obviously was a roller coaster of emotions. But just this one feels like it's the heir to Endgame. Yeah, it's the successor to Endgame. That's like it's the next event. And that's exactly what I was thinking. That's why we do a podcast together. <laughs> we'll be back very soon to recap we, this one. We will. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the show today. Uh, big Doctor Strange recap coming. Send in your questions or theories that you have if you see the film. Um, and yeah, God bless. Fuck Dylan Brooks. Hurt my boy Gary Payton the second. Really disappointed. Really hate that guy. Really hate Dylan Brooks. Really hate Dylan Brooks. Kyle Van Noy might join the Chargers though. That's another good news for another day. Peter. God bless. See you guys.